comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. listening to the walking dead tv podcasts this is for fear the walking dead season two episode two entitled we all fall down i am joined tonight by mr aaron new earth welcome back sir hey i'm back again good to see you and mr richard chub toad sheldon hello and who are you sir <laughs> i am craig demanda there we go thanks for listening yeah. <laughs> I've been Thank wondering you. who this guy who's calling me was. I, I'm just the just the announcer from outer space. That's it. I'm just I'm just the uh, there. I did so. I, anyway, I didn't take but, notes on the actual episode, but I am taking notes on uh, things that the listeners will respond to. They were listening for the first time, so it's like, okay, intro on, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Usually, I say my name first, but I went right to you, Aaron. So that, you know, it, it's what it is. I, you, you all know who I am. Well, we <laughs> we definitely do now that I pointed it out. <laughs> Let's let's jump right into this, and we can we can talk and, about Jim because he's not here too. If you don't have to give want. your full name, I mean, you're 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 like Madonna or Oprah. It's just Craig. Well, it's funny, you know. On the auto chat show, I go Craig from NJ. I kind of do it that way. But then Jordan was Jordan from Jersey, so I didn't want to like you know I didn't want to strample on the NJ thing. So I kind of I just said hi, I'm Craig Demond. I give my full name on this show. You all know who I am. Good, yeah. In case someone disappears, and we're like, who do we look to? Craig Demond. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like Craig from NJ. Who is that? Exactly. Yeah. We know to trust you because like oh, he gave his name, so I mean, we least we can find him. He'll probably See, have an alibi. Thought, <laughs> I thought I thought you had the NJ was just short for Ninja, Craig Ninja. Well, I am a ninja sometimes. I mean, when when the situations call for it, I can be. But lately, I've been you know you were kind of you were hanging out. You were cast in Daredevil season two, right? Because of your ninja abilities. Yeah, actually, I'll, yes. I'm in negotiations right now for season three. Oh, that great. is correct. I, that, yes. the, the thing I the thing I want most from Daredevil season three is more ninjas. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do Shadowland, but make it good this time. (laughs) But we're here to talk about The Walking Dead, or specifically the fear of The Walking Dead. That's why we're here. Uh, Episode 2 aired uh, on Sunday. So, guys, what are your thoughts on this episode? Well, it's it's funny because I recall last year when we were doing The Fear of the Walking Dead Season 1, there were people that were, I guess, down on the fact that we weren't as high on the fear of the Walking Dead as we are on the Walking Dead, and <laughs> but now it seems like everyone's trying to come around to the idea that they don't like this show too much. Um, and what? Meanwhile, I would say, and I don't know, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are. I would say it's it's gotten better marginally is the key phrase, and in, in how I could you know ideally phrase that it's marginally gotten better. But uh, I would say this episode. It was stronger than last week's episode, and pro- I mean, by default, that makes it one of the best episodes of the seasons of the series so far. Uh, I do think that there's some, I guess it's not wheel spinning, so it's some some shit, some rudders circling in place uh, as far as getting us somewhere in the story. But for this kind of microcosm story that we're being told this week, it was fine. There's some bigger up issues that I'll get to when we talk about the episode in full, but I think it it was fine with uh, some. Some solid scenes. I really like the opening, for example, but we'll get there. Yeah, it was, they crammed a lot into that opening. You're right about that. Yeah. Richard, what about you? Well, there's a lot of interesting thoughts I have on this episode. Um, first of all, just from a television or an episode of television, I think it was put together well. It's probably one of the better ones that they've had out of the season one and then so far season two. Um, you know... It wasn't very, and I wasn't very engaged with the episode. But I think that they did things right, if that makes sense. I just I can see it, that. Yeah, I, I I think that it probably is finding its way 
a lot better now than it did through those that short season one. Um, I do enjoy the whole uh, we all fall down reference and that whole thing. I mean, I, I've studied a lot of things from that time period of the plague, and it's interesting the different things that children did to distract them from you know, everybody dying around them and whatnot. Mm, so yeah, for yeah. them to bring that reference in, I thought that was cool. And it, and, and the whole juxtaposition of what was going on in the episode in comparison, I, I, I thought that was pretty good. That, that little bit had me engaged. The rest of it, I was just like, okay, that's cool. Okay. Make a note of that. Yeah. Something's going on there, but I don't feel it, it, further to plot anywhere it just planted seeds for what we're about to get i think yeah i, I think the episode was well put together like you said their editing has been really on point at least these last two episodes and even you can even make a good case for the first season they're really they're cutting and weaving these episodes together really really well the visual effects are great i mean we, we've said that all the boat special effects which is all special effects it's not real it's actually you know shot on some kind of stage or a tank i should say it looks great, I mean, but I'm having a hard time warming up to these characters, even still. I, I, I think back, and I hate comparing the show to the original Walking Dead, but I do so in this one case. I felt more uh, connected to Rick and gang, and even Laurie and you know Shane back in episode two of season two of The Walking Dead. I'm still having a hard time connecting to these characters. I understand were you them. A, are, were you a comic reader then, though? That was my same I mean, question. Yeah. yeah, I had the same question. You know, I, because because I definitely was very bonded to those characters because they represented, for the most part, the comic characters very well in the beginning and so it it took no time at all for me to warm up to them i have no nothing to base this off of yet you know and with that i'm i'm trying to, i'm trying to get my expectations up you know for something that is epically walking dead but is very different because this is different and i i just so far it's been okay we're doing this oh oh zombies oh okay oh we're doing this now oh look over here it, it just it's like they're trying to still get the audience to feel out this world and i i just think that they're treating the audience you know a little dumb that you know not dumb but just that they're that we're not able to to get up to speed as quick or something i don't know it just it feels like as much as I'm fragmentedly talking in sentence fragments right now, it just feels like it's a bunch of fragments of story that yeah. they just haven't gelled together yet. Well, to answer your question, I didn't start reading the comics until about 2012, and that was after season two. So I did not, and I watched the show from the beginning, I did not have the comic background watching season one and season two of The Walking Dead, and I was still felt more connected. It was more, You felt for these characters, all of them, and these guys, I think the problem is the writers are trying really too hard, I think. They're making, I don't think they're writing Madison very well. That That's the problem. Because I was watching her, Kim Dickens, on the Talking Dead after the show. And she, I like her better than I like Madison. Do you know what I mean? Although, again, I like, you know, the, Sarah Wayne Kelly's that played Laurie better than Laurie. But either I way. Mean, the thing is, I got from her on the Talking Dead, I kind of got a vibe of she's not been able to do what she wants with this yes. character like yes. they've been limiting her but at the same time i think that what they've done so far behind the scenes that hasn't aired yet something has happened because it just it felt like like it like i said she hasn't been able to get feel the character out like she wants to but i think maybe she hasn't it just hasn't aired yet so like she really wanted to say something but couldn't so, because yeah. I think that she's going to end up being one of the stronger characters on the show, but they're kind of going about it in a wonky way. They well, they're, they're going, they're making the it basically, it's, I mean, suffice to say, it's her story. I think that's kind of, right. I mean, it, just like it's Rick's yeah. Slash Nick, slash Nick though, right? I mean, it's like kind of Nick's story too, it, or at least it was in season one. I mean, it's, yes, but I, I mean, it's, I mean, but 
she Madison is like the kind of the the center, I think, of all of the this Rick group. Of yes. This, yeah. Now, personally, I think everybody on the show is a villain except for Strand, but you know that's me. But I mean, it, <laughs> it, until Strand does something that act, it's still Strand that act, does something that actually seems nefarious and not just things that make sense for any person to want to do, then then I'll get then I'll going to stay on the side of Strand. Um, but as far as the show is concerned, it really wants to make Madison the Rick of this scenario. And yes, you have other characters that you're supposed to support. You don't you don't want to hate Nick. You don't want Nick Old Man clothes. You don't want to hate um, well, Cliff Curtis. What's his name? Um, yeah, what's Travis. Name? Travis. Travis. I mean, but Madison, I really I think is the, the show is kind of the center, the person that can be swayed at one way or the other needs to take shape as far as being the leader that she's you know destined to be that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's some flaws. I really do. I think that's why I'm having a hard time. And plus, and we said this before, uh, at least on the first episode, they're coming off of an amazing season of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, the fans are really, their energy level was so high leading up to Negan. And then we go into this. It's like, oh, okay, here we are, you uh, know, learning this world again. Like That's what I think the inherent problem with this series is. Where And someone... There's been some people that have posted on the uh, the Walking Dead Facebook group, which is terrific, and I've been enjoying some of the conversations I've been seeing on there. Very uh, lively, yeah. yeah. Um, it's that the yeah, I think it, I think it was Brent Jones where he's he talked about uh, he disagreed with this article, then he made a deeper conversation, and I agree with a lot of what he was saying. But um, I have a similar thought where the show its inherent problem is is the 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 kind of setup where you had a first season that really could have done something interesting with the outbreak of the of the virus and instead and it, it just kind yeah. of fast tracks through that and we have a show that's just west coast walking dead now and it doesn't help that you know we don't like most of these characters um the show is, feels like it's boring and it feels like it's boring because we've seen this type of story before essentially we've seen people desperate to go somewhere go a place find out it's terrible and move on to the next place and now instead of doing something interesting and changing up that dynamic we're just getting again the west coast version of that show so it's like and coming off a show that's, you know, done it pretty well uh, this past season, which followed up a season, a first season of Fear the Walking Dead. We've gotten what, like, so <laughs> like all but like three months worth of Walking Dead. <laughs> and now we're right. and now we're right back to like it feels like we've taken like four steps back to get to this like this earlier version of a show where we know all the answers. We know how people should act and they're not doing it. So it's like we really got to kind of wrestle with, with that. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate some of the differences that we've already seen in this, in this show that that are kind of cool. I mean, the the swimming, you know, floaty walkers and stuff. I mean, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, and and like, the whole them washing up on shore. Yeah. I mean, we, all the technical oh, stuff yeah. is great. We, we have right. no problems with the I mean, technical they, they, they presented yes. some great stuff. It's just this cast i i don't know i don't know what it is and you know you you talked about the editing and how good it is and and it's been good all along i have to disagree with that because those first three episodes last year were terribly edited i mean mm. you know and they did get better they are better now you know it's put together well but give me a reason to invest in these characters more I mean, I don't understand all the Nick hate. I understand it from the aspect no, like of the, like that him. half the internet out there is, you know, dicks. But at the same time, I I think the the character's great. I like where they're going with it. I mean, the whole thing, I didn't even think about it until they mentioned it on Talking Dead. But the whole thing of, you know, Nick's kind of responsible for the little girl finding the death pills. Right. You know, and things like that. I mean, his character, I, they could get that level of interest with the rest of them. I mean, I'm kind of there with uh, Daniel, you know. I'm interested to see how him and Madison work together to, you know, figure out Strand, you know, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with San Diego. I think whatever he's going to is what's going to propel, you know, be the linchpin to unleash some action and get some really good storyline going. But that's me being very hopeful because they haven't done that yet, you know? Yeah. Well, let's just jump right into this episode then. I mean, uh, the we see an opening shot in the cold open. It's a pristine beach. It's gentle rolling waves. It's really actually a pretty shot. It's a sunset, it looks like. And um, you see two kids kind of appear with sand shovels and buckets. A walker then washes up to shore. And this was pretty cool. He kind of washes up with the tide, but then stands up once he hits the land or the sand. He starts seemingly walking towards the kids. Uh, 
kind of little camera trickery there. The kids are playing off in the rocks, but then suddenly we see the walker actually hits a chain link fence and the kids are protected behind that chain link fence. Uh, the kids appear to welcome the walker with rocks and other things found on the beach and kind of present it to him. And then we cut to that super annoying sound effect opening theme, if you will, of Fear the Walking Dead, which, Aaron, I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast, uh-huh. but I was so happy that they did away with it last week. Like, it was gone. They didn't have that sound effect. So I, and, I, well, I, yeah. I enjoyed last week was, like, if you guys have watched 24, you know that, like, when um, certain, like, major characters die that you liked, they'd sometimes, like, because 24, like, often goes to credits with, like, the clock countdown. It's like, dee-doo, dee-doo, So, so what, right, what right. like, characters you really liked happened, died, it would, like, it would silence that. So it'd just be, like, a silent clock. Um, so that's <laughs> that's the effect that essentially gave this first episode. It's, well, sad things are happening. LA is being bombed. Silent clock. Um, now, for those of you that listen to this podcast, and you know, not the, the new listeners that have joined this week, and are like, this podcast is amazing, and I like these guys. I want to hear more of them. Uh, for the ones that are already aware of this podcast, you know, I've been on the fence about this intro, this intro theme, uh, right? Because we've talked about because it a lot. because yeah. I feel the idea of it, the kind of screeching halt theme that they have, would be great for a heavy camp not camp necessarily but like really genre heavy show that like dives into the sensibilities of a genre film this is more of a played straight drama that happens to have zombies in it so i don't really feel the theme works too well that said there have been like one or two episodes where i thought it actually did play kind of well and honestly i thought it kind of played well here i thought it was a good like smash cut use of that opening theme i i don't know how to solve this problem besides just begrudgingly accept it which is what i have to do with a lot of shows um, uh, for example, I, I really, every, I, I was, a, I was a fan of Boardwalk Empire, but I hated the theme song. But, um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. really, I liked that theme song. Never liked it. <laughs> Never could get it. And this is the same with vinyl. I was like, yeah, I get what you're doing. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> obscure, I like that show though. Obscure references, I but, um, I mean, the opening, though, I really liked what they're doing visually of the opening. Of how, I mean, yeah, like, they doubled down on seeing swimming walkers last week. This time you're seeing beached walkers jump out of the sand. Right, it's pretty cool. That, like, and, like, you know, it's a bit of a – it's not a cheat. It's just more of a stylistic approach, but, you know, not showing the fence and just showing kids in trouble. Like, I, I just – I really liked all of that. I thought that was very clever. Well, even on The Walking Dead, they talked about, like, we should go to the uh, – T-Dog used to say, hey, let's go to the beach. Let's go to the coast. It's safe there. Well, we see that maybe it's not. You know, walkers can wash up from the tide and then you're not exactly safe yeah <laughs> and uh, we all know what happened to t-dogs so it's not like his advice really was gonna go <laughs> r.i.p t-dog <laughs> so we get back to the boat uh we see maddie in full mode again she's yelling at nick uh jumping in the water for what he did in the last episode travis then appears with the log book that nick recovered and says we got a problem. He gathers everyone on the bridge to discuss it, and apparently the the capsized bullet ridden boat was entitled uh, was called the Leanne, uh, as he, they found out from the logbook. It just came from San Diego, and it's reporting uh, that the whole city is burned out. That the military just bombed it. It, it it's gone. Yeah, that's uh, that's news. <laughs> Strand refuses to believe it. He says that they're still being tracked and pursued by a large boat. The one that possibly destroyed the Leanne, or what did he call it? Uh, Ashley's um, Ashley's pen pal, uh, or whatever. Yeah, like radio boyfriend or something, whatever. Yeah, whatever he said. It was kind of cute. They devise a plan, you know, Maddie, Strand, Travis, uh, to hide in a cove where they can evade the attacking boat. We let it kind of just go and not find it via radar. Travis suggests Katrina Island because there's a ranger station there, and he says there's going to be supplies and. Uh, maybe a shortwave radio and some other things that they can they can scavenge and possibly find shelter in. This confused me mainly because I'm a West Coaster. I live in SoCal, and I, yeah. there's no Katrina Island, so I was like, "Was it Catalina?" It's spo- they were yeah, it's supposed to, to be. I, like, I guess it's supposed to be Catalina Island. It's just so confusing to me. Where it's like, did like just did Catalina sign a petition saying the fear of the Walking Dead can never use our name or something? Like I don't. I so there really is no Katrina Island. There actually there's nothing there. There's no, there's nothing, all, no such island. No. Okay. <laughs> Because Catalina has a Catalina wine mixer. (laughs) Well, because it's funny, because when you saw that scene, actually, um, where they're looking into the town, where they're mending the fence a little bit later on in the episode, that building is on Catalina. That round building, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so they really, I guess it really is Catalina. It is. It's supposed well, to be Catalina, yeah. I don't and or any so of why the, they changing the names those now? are all those are all the yeah. San Gabriel Mountains, so you, or San Gabriel Islands. They're islands, so uh, you have you have ones like San Rafael and. Uh, 
a variety of, of the, like they're all they, they're all <laughs> well, na- they're, I mean, it's they're just all they're a all regional thing they're all names you know, they're all names just... that would not be Katrina like that's not that's not yeah. one of the names <laughs> well now maybe it's just a different pronunciation you know like you say tomato I say tomato that you say Catalina they say Katrina I mean <laughs> it's just a pronunciation it's just a regional thing could be. So uh, we're, enters- we're avoiding the real question here. The real tragedy is what are we going to do for hashtag SDCC this year? San Diego's <laughs> gone. There is no. The, I'm sorry. It's the Channel Islands. I'm retarded. I'm sorry. I <laughs> the Channel Islands. It's the Channel okay, Islands. Yeah. It's the San Gabriel Mountains. The Channel Islands. But regardless, it's the, you know it's it's like, it, 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 it's fictitious. Yeah, it's, in it, this it's case. a fictitious island. Okay. That was for those that are that are nitpicking this for accurate details. I got you. <laughs> Maybe they're going by the uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, uh, you know, map. That's what they're going yeah, by. That, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead's. L- Los San- this is Los Santos. It's now. Los Santos. It I can't wait for Walking yes. Dead to get to uh, Liberty City when they finally leave. Liberty Alexandria. City. <laughs> Push it to the limit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the boat enters the cove, and Maddie sees a light flicker at the home on the island. Uh, Strand insists on staying with the boat Maddie, to huh? track. Like we didn't know we're so close. Well, I'm just I'm just saying at Madison, I, I, Maddie, okay, and I'm shorting it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling her Maddie. So Strand insists on staying with the boat to track the um, the attacking boat on radar to make sure that it goes away. Daniel does not trust him, and he also volunteers to stay behind with his daughter Ophelia on the boat. Doesn't want to leave Strand alone. Maybe he's afraid he's going to take off or something. Uh, Travis and gang approach the house with the light that flickered. And they're unarmed. They have nothing on them, really. I mean, maybe they're carrying something, a knife, but we don't even know. Essentially, they're unarmed. And they start shouting at the occupants in the home. Hey, let us in. We're okay. You know, there's no infected with us. We just need a little help. The front door opens. And then the little boy, Harry, we come to find his name, runs out. And he's ordered back inside by his father, who we learn is called George uh, Geary. George seems to welcome Travis and his family into the home. Uh, After a little handshake, a little introduction outside. Travis and George share a beer together, and uh, George kind of gets a little poetic, a little, little uh, philosophical, you know, with, with Travis. He says he knows they're from Los Angeles. They have an air about them. Yep. Okay, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, Aaron. That, that, was, a, that was a weird scene. Well, he's a weird, he's a creepy. weird, I mean, weird exchange. He's, he's a weird guy. And, and, and Travis, <laughs> you know, I think he picked up on that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. So George updates Travis, uh, kind of shows him the map and confirms that the military has napalmed all the major cities up and down the coast, from Vancouver all the way down to San Diego, and then inland all the way to the Rockies. Now, I, this obviously this shouldn't be surprising to us, just because we've you know we've been with The Walking Dead for s- several years at this point. Um, but I have to wonder, like, did they think it was just L.A.? No, they couldn't have, right? Because they knew like the radios and you know just think things were going off, like the like. The world being it, like they had some kind of information about like this not just being limited to one city, right? Isn't that? I... But they didn't have any news. I mean, they were kind of shut off from the no, news. No, but based off just the... like, well, be, yeah. Besides that, I mean, like the whole quarantine thing. Like, didn't they get some information to alert them to the fact that it's not like it's just LA? I guess not. Okay. I mean, I well, I didn't feel that they got that information. and They were redoubling it here. I thought that they just didn't know where to go. They didn't know where was safe. They thought maybe it was just LA. Maybe somewhere up the coast, down the coast, could be safer. Maybe the military has a cordoned off area or something, or you know, safe zone. Okay, they just don't know where to go. Fair enough. So I, I guess because I'm just wondering, it's like, okay, you saw LA get napalmed. You wouldn't think that they napalm other places as well. If they don't think that, that's fine. But would they not like see like giant flames of a napalm city in the distance, like just looking down the coast towards San Diego? My, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My question though is. Did they napalm Los Angeles, or did people think the People versus O.J. Simpson was real again? <laughs> they didn't That's riot for that I one. They riot, Rodney King, they rioted. Not, not well, for O.J., I don't think, right? To, to be fair, this show set, what, in 2009 or something like that? And Ten-ish. Yeah, 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 I say ten. Okay, yeah. That's fine. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so um hold on uh the uh oh, sure. so they they arrive i guess i can buy the like we should leave daniel here because daniel's just inherently suspicious for some reason um whatever i i think strand is a lot of things but i don't think he's a deserter in that way i think he has a little sense of honor um but then we so we get to the island or we get to yeah we get to the island and like little kid pops out 
all right, that was fun. I, like, I, I was like, I don't know where this is going. Like, I don't think you should be yelling at a door to see if it opens and see what happens. But hey, they they played up. The, yeah, they, unarmed. I mean, they played. They, 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 they played up yeah. the tension well. Well, and I get that this is still a new apocalypse because people are going to quickly learn that walking up to somebody's place and going we're harmless is not going to be trusted (laughs) nothing nothing ever starts or ends good when it starts that way in this apocalypse it just doesn't it people die yeah yeah it's sad george um I'm sorry, Maddie is then chatting in the wife with the kitchen. I think uh, his name is Mel- her name is Melissa, I believe. And she's quizzing, Melissa's quizzing Maddie a bit on her background about looking after kids that weren't her own when she worked in the school setting. Did she work with older kids? Did she work with younger kids? Did she like it when her kids were younger? She was kind of just probing to see what Maddie's tolerance was to young kids. Then we see the oldest son, Seth, just kind of appear in the room and with a rifle. And he asks mom if she's okay in kind of a weird, creepy way. Are you okay, mom? Kind of a weird little scene there. Um, and then, of course, we cut to Seth leaving and Maddie saying she wants more wine. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it's a uh... get these get these <laughs> characters seeing where this is going. <laughs> she like Maddie likes her wine. Somebody needs to tell her about Bob and what happens, man. Stay away from that alcohol. Stay yeah. off the sauce. <laughs> oh, but, oh. Bob Stucky, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I call him one. That's I call funny. him one foot. One. <laughs> oh, <dang laughs> me. You guys, Daniel and Ophelia are back uh, on the ship, and they're chit chatting, kind of on the on the end of the ship. There, she's coming to terms with the new world. We see a little bit of a speech from Ophelia, so she understands. She's understanding it's a cold world out there. She's understanding her father a bit better. It was a nice scene, a little little character development there for Ophelia. We then cut back to Nick. He's playing with Harry's video game, a little like a portable PlayStation portable or something, or whatever they're playing with. And then um, we see Alicia chit-chatting with the little girl. Uh, Chris, we see cut to him. He's in still full pout mode. He hasn't changed the pout, hasn't changed the face since last episode. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or or his, Harry, or his parents got their wish when you know you leave your face that way, it gets stuck that way, type thing. But it's getting stuck. I mean, it's the same pout he had last episode. It's not changing much. Yep. No. Harry invites Nick to go to his room. Uh, they see toy figures with red dots on the forehead. Harry says he has power pills that if he takes them, his family will always be always be together. So he's not worried about turning into a zombie because of the power pills. I got actual, I don't know about chills, but I was a little freaked out that this little boy had like painted on headshots of these dolls and whatnot. I'm like... This world is still kind of new for him to already be that effed up in the head, you know? This is like Mika and Lizzie type of effed up already, right? They're like, I actually, when, when, when I saw them down on the beach in the opening, the whole thing, it seemed like they were going to be friendly with the zombies or something. I'm like, oh my God, is this the Mika and Lindsay origin story? I mean, because <laughs> I actually, I, that's what I thought of. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be, to be fair, they... They've like they've lived this sheltered life where they likely had already prepared for all this type of st- not necessarily this exact thing because come on but I right, mean, this yeah. type of survival training I mean I, I don't know much about Mika and Lizzie like as far as their background con- is concerned but it seems like you know one was just inherently crazy regardless where these kids they're just going by what their parents have been or what their father has been teaching them for presumably a while now because he's a survivalist. Yeah, and we get cl- we get clues to that survivalist type of thing later on in the episode. But yeah, they're definitely living off the land, living in that house, isolated from society. So we cut to the bridge. Daniel starts is I'm sorry, Daniel's staring at Strand like a hawk on the bridge, and he asks Strand why he's being so impatient. Strand seems like he wants to leave, and he also asks, so which of the group are you going to leave behind? Have you decided yet? You know, he's really he's toying with Strand a little bit. Strand denies it all. Says, listen, man, we got plenty of water, and you're a good fisherman, so we're not we're okay with resources. We're not going to strand anybody. You're kind of just trying to put Daniel at ease, but we don't think he buys it. I buy it. <laughs> I have no reason to doubt <laughs> Strand. Strand makes good well, decisions. 
He, he does. <laughs> he, he, at least pragmatic ones. We'll see what his motives are. We still don't know what. See, that's the is. thing that's going to bug me. Like, I know that I'm being set up just to like want to like want to believe in a character, and then like it's going to some other shoe's going to drop, and Strand's going to be like a huge boat dick. But like at the same time, <laughs> like I I don't like that the show's toying with me as far as like well. <laughs> The pragmatic people that watch the show should understand that Tran's making all the right decisions, but nope, the show's probably going to win out with its heart and go with whatever Madison eventually says. It's like, oh, we'll get rid of Strand or tie him up in the brig that I'm sure he's set up for some reason. And, uh, no, he's, a break. He, he's making right decisions, but it it's definitely for probably some sort of wrong motive. Again, something's going to propel forward at San Diego, and well, I think it's a. It's, I, he's, I have a feeling that Ophelia is doomed, and I think that Strand's going to do something or something he's involved in is going to result in act not at, intentionally, but is going to result in Ophelia's death, and then that's going to create this massive tension that's already been building between Strand and Dan. Well, I, I think Strand is mm. is basically an amalgamation of Daryl and Shane. Where he's making like he's getting stuff done and he's making decisions that are like you said, Craig, pragmatic. But you know, there's going to be some kind of like taking that pragmatism too far approach mixed with whatever other random emotional connection he suddenly finds, and we're going to just turn the other shoe, turn the turn, uh, drop drop the other foot. And, <laughs> so I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but he's going to still thinking about Bob Stuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the real problem. One foot. Uh, the there's just something something's going to change where it's like I'm not. Even though I've supported everything Strand does, like I'm supposed to inherently not like him now because of whatever the writers concoct as a reason to like find him as a hateful person. <laughs> but that's me getting yeah, ahead of myself. For the time being, Daniel's just being a jerk. Let the man do his thing. <laughs> but this little intrigue with Strand, I think, is the most interesting part of the whole show at this yeah, point. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just it's intrigue. It's 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 interesting. So yeah, it doesn't help. You're right. George and Travis are still chatting over beers. They, we're kind of cutting back and forth, and he's in his study chatting with, with Travis. George is, again, waxing philosophical. He's saying that the apocalypse is nature's way of correcting itself. And Travis had to you know, insert, well, nature always wins, going back to the first episode when he was quoting uh, the literature there. Uh, George guesses that Travis's background is Maori, which I guess is from New Zealand, It's yeah. the, which really is where he's from. Yes. And, uh, but George seems like a nice guy overall, though, at this point still. I, I I did like the acknowledgement of hey he's Maori as opposed to like Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis is an actor who I've seen pop up in a variety of roles playing a variety of different races and ethnicities, um, because he's that kind of actor. He can kind of blend that way, regardless of how much people like it. <laughs> That's the kind of career he has had. Um, so the the show actually acknowledging hey, he's Maori, which I don't think the show's hidden. It's just I like I like the show takes a little a step back to be like hey he's he's playing he's played who he is and I, I enjoy That's that. Right. I, and, His last name is Manawa, so yeah. it's kind Exa- of yeah exactly. Yeah. And regardless how much I like Chris, like at least they got a they got an actor that can kind of fit as his son. <laughs> so it's like good good for them. Yeah, no, it's pretty pretty interesting. But George, and I, I put a note in this here. George still seems like a really nice guy at this point. Like he's just. Sharing information, saying, "Look, this <laughs> the world's over, man. Here's here's my map. Uh, I tried to reach out to everybody, and nature's winning here." But um, we see Maddie and Travis walking back to the boat, and she tells him that she suspects that the light was turned on on purpose by Melissa. She suspects something's going on here, and he says, "Yeah, George, pretty, it's pretty intense too." And they kind of stroll back to the boat. Um, Nick and Alicia share a little nice scene in the back of the boat, just chatting, looking at the stars. Nothing really too much there. We cut to Chris wandering around the island and still pouting, by the way. He catches up to Seth doing some typical chain link Walking Dead style fence cleaning with a pickaxe. And then he joins in. Travis catches up to them and is oh so shocked to see Chris destroy the walkers with a pickaxe. Well, if you needed a vent, like if this helps him in some way, it didn't seem to this episode alone, but if this eventually leads to some kind of like, hey, I'm cooler now because I at least can channel my energy into, you know, killing walkers every now and then, that's all well and good. That said, you know, Travis doesn't seem to be having any of it, so <laughs> since he's so emotional about dead people. I I just don't get it. I mean, and it's a whole different scenario being the zombie apocalypse and all, but I mean, his kid's 15. I mean, I've I've got a 17-year-old, you know. I, I know what it's like, you know. They want to start 
getting that independence and the more you lord over them the worse it's going to be and he he seems like he wants to be like one of those helicopter parents just always no and don't don't anybody else give my what, son advice what, what, he's my what son makes that, and yet what makes that more confusing is that he's a teacher and he's dating a guidance counselor they should know exactly, exactly. They should know exactly how the how kids <laughs> they should know exactly how that, kids that, function i was that's where i was going you know and the whole thing i'm just like you know you're living in a world now where your survival depends on your ability to do things that you just really th- never in your life could ever imagine you would have to do. And his son is already going that way. And I mean, he should have, while he has that fatherly concern that any parent would have, he should also be a little proud and a little um, relieved that he's learning how to cope in this world but no instead he's going to be the helicopter parent who oh i gotta protect him i need to shelter him and all this other stuff i had no problem leaving him and his mother but you know what now now i gotta you know lord over him it just it doesn't make sense it doesn't and, fit yeah i agree yeah with that. And especially when you think of the fact that he teaches high school and he's dating a guidance counselor. Yeah. I mean, and then we, we, the next scene is Travis goes to George and he tells him what he saw, that my son is taking care of these things and he used to mow the lawn and take out the trash. And now he's destroying these things with a pickaxe. And George is like, hey, man, just come come with me. Come, let's take a little ride. So they go in the, in the Jeep and they um, – to the other side of the island, I guess it is, presumably – and they, they're about to fix a fence, amend a fence that's over there. And George explains to Travis that there's probably several hundred people that didn't make it off after the ferry stopped running over on that side of the island, and they're probably all turned. Um, and he gets a little deep again with Travis. He says that, you know, he chooses to stay despite the risk. He says everyone dies. It's just a matter of choosing surrender or survival, acceptance or denial. I mean, they're putting this again real real on the nose type of philosophy here travis questioned george a bit asking how he can just give up meaning that eventually these walkers are going to come through george says no he hasn't given up he's mending the fence and he's literally mending a fence right there nailed it <laughs> got got that one down you got that <laughs> i mean is that is that not hitting on the head aaron i don't know if that's not i don't know what it is well, I, mean, I mean remember this episode is we all fall called we all fall down so i mean that we'll okay the gotcha. show the show's subtlety you know it's just it's flowing in it right <laughs> <laughs> so uh next scene we see alicia going for a stroll she gets to the visitor center and she draws her little tattoo mark or whatever on the on a paper on the wall we see nick sneaking into a house looking for pills again he finds some hidden in a small globe that's in the study. But suddenly Willa, the little girl, walks in and he quickly puts them back and hides them and, and takes her back to her room. Uh, we cut to Strand this, on the uh, that, bridge. That, that, that yeah. whole thing of Nick looking around, that makes me convinced that as much as I'm trying to like Nick old man clothes, he uh, was probably searching for drugs in that plane and that's why he went there too. Oh, okay. That's, I feel like that's yeah. the sole reason he because you know what did he say? He said like I hear somebody. You mean the boat? You mean uh, not the plane? Sorry, the, the boat. The capsized yeah, the boat. boat. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, like I hear somebody. He wasn't hearing nobody in that boat. Like, oh, everywhere oh, I didn't they think about go that. that's new, he's searching for drugs. Yeah. So that's I mean they didn't even really have to telegraph that. It was pretty much yeah. He's he's looking to score. Yeah. Well, hold on, because you did hear some thumping. Like they did put that sound effect in last episode where he did hear something over there. I I think that's. <laughs> No, you think he was looking for There are undead human beings trying to eat you swimming in the water and you hear thumping and you're going to go towards it? Yeah, I don't think that's so. true. He, that's a... he was looking to score. He's all about hmm. that fix. All about that fix. No problem. Wow. <laughs> so back on the bridge, Strand notices the other boat is gone off the radar and tells Daniel, hey, look, we're going to leave with the tide. We're, we're, we're clear now. Um, Maddie confronts Melissa in the garden. And she admits, Melissa admits that she did turn on the light deliberately when they saw them come into the into the cove. And she also told Maddie that she has MS and that she isn't well. Uh, she says, George says her it's better to die with family than to die with strangers. And she wants Maddie to take Willa and Harry. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a plan she has there. <laughs> I'm sure it will go over well for her husband. <laughs> now, here's the thing is, and... You know, it's again, it's a fictional world of zombie apocalypse, but 
I'm kind of thinking that if it was me and my family left on this little island and there was no hope, you know, before people showed up on a boat, it's, you know, we're going to have what food we have, but eventually it's going to run out and we're going to die. I think having the quick way out, the peaceful way out, isn't a bad idea in when you think about what's going on in this world. Yeah, I mean, there is something to... We've seen that theory, but not really before it happened, right? In The Walking Dead, like, we've seen people shoot themselves. Right. We've never seen, like, pills that they're going to take. So this is, like, before it happened, which is pretty neat. I'm just saying all the people that were, you know, shocked... You know, uh, reading on, again, the internet, people, you know, I can't believe that he would do that to his family, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if you're all stuck on an island and you're going to die, yeah, go out on your own terms, man. So back on the boat, Manny tries to convince Travis to, to do this plan. He tries to, tries, she tries to convince him, saying, we got to take these kids. Daniel, we see, start picking the locks on the bridge uh, so we can cutting back and forth again he gets into a locker with a rifle and there's a lot of maps in there and charts with coordinates written on little sticky notes all pointing to Mexico as he says uh, we then cut to a scene where Strand is actually on the island in some type of diner or restaurant or something we see him sitting there and he's on a phone I guess it's a satellite phone it's got to be a satellite yeah. phone I mean there's no way a cell phone would work. It, I mean, that's a that's Not a really. writer device right there. It's like, well, there's no satellite phone solved. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, they didn't. It looked like a regular cell phone though. Usually, satellite phones are bigger no, and clunkier. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought I saw the big antenna on the one side of it. Did you? Okay, I just didn't catch I, I that. I thought I did. I mean, it may have been in my head. I have no. There idea. might be some excuse. It's like, oh, it's a you know whatever. It's a phone. It's it's a satellite phone. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> so he says to the other. The person on the other end of the phone, Strand, that is, that it's all clear. And what's the latest that they can push the meat? And then he says, okay, sundown, I'll be there. So there, he's planning to meet with somebody at sundown. Back on the I boat, mean, it's these Nick just lingering tells, threads oh, where I'm like, all right, well, see where, see where that one goes. <laughs> I, I'm not any more intrigued so far. I'm still on this island dealing with this dad that's probably going to kill himself. That's <laughs> it. Well, and that's what we get to. Back on the boat, Nick confronts Maddie and Travis and says, hey, I think this guy George is planning to kill his family. He says Jonestown or something. He's trying to Jonestown his family. Yeah. Uh, those pills were poison, he said, the ones he found. He goes, they're not, they're not drugs. Trust me, they're poison. Um, they go back to the house to confront George. Harry comes down the he stairs. Say, he says, I know my pharmaceuticals. That's not drugs. He did yeah. say that. You're right. He <laughs> and we know he does. Oh, yeah. Harry comes down, comes down the stairs and says something is wrong with Willa, tells uh, Nick that she took her power pill. Took her pill, that is. Melissa goes upstairs to find Willa unconscious on the floor. She cradles her in her arms. And, of course, suddenly, Willa's eyes open up and they're blue. And she bites the neck of Melissa. It just destroys saw, her. Totally saw it coming, but still appreciated the scene anyway. It I still thought. was pretty cool. It, yeah, yeah, it was well It was well done. That's I like that actress because she was on The Shield. And I, by default, I like any actress that's on The Shield. Um, so right. cool. uh, it's like, all right, well, there, there, there goes what I assumed was a one-off guest spot. So. Which well, are you talking about? I, you mean not little girl? You mean Melissa? You talking well, about? Yeah, the right? mother. You, yes. Okay, gotcha. I was like, now, remember? Yeah, she. Yeah the, yeah, the little girl was the DA on the Shield. She was great. <laughs> 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 no, they said on the Talking Dead, they said she was somebody's daughter. Was it in Mad Men? That's why I'm asking. You're right. The, the little girl Willa yeah. was was. Uh, Pete Campbell's daughter huh. in yeah, Mad yeah. Men. She's, right. She's yeah. making good use of her, of her AMC contracts. Good for I, her. I, that's right. <laughs> I like what what's her name that plays Madison said that uh, the little girl said when she did that take that um, she just imagined what her dog did with chew toys. It's pretty cool. Know, yeah. You know, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> so George says to Travis, just get, get out. Just take, take Harry. Go. Leave the house. So Nick, Travis, and Maddie grab Harry and get him to the boat. Strand comes down the stairs and says, Maddie, what have you done now? <laughs> Children are dead. The definition of dead weight. <laughs> Meaning she doesn't, he doesn't want that kid anywhere near the boat. Madison, though, insists and tells Strand to move the goddamn boat now. She's, so she was kind of laying down the law there with Strand. But then suddenly Seth appears with his rifle on the back of the boat to try to take Harry back. He fires around and gets everyone's attention. Travis tries to reason with him, with Seth, 
and tell him that George wanted him to take Harry. But Daniel's about to shoot Seth, and Maddie says, no, 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 just put it away, Daniel. It's okay. Seth um, then got Harry back and says they caused all the trouble. They, they caused the destruction. Um, we then see, as they're walking on the pier, Seth and Harry walking back to the house, Melissa already turned, and that was very quick. I mean, she got bit maybe, what, three minutes before? Um, she was already turned and walking pretty much three-quarters of the way down the pier. Maybe she heard the gunshot. Who knows? But Seth, Seth tells Harry to turn and wave to the boat so he doesn't have to watch him shoot his mother. And that's the end of the episode. Look at the flowers. I, I, yeah, I, will, look at the I boat. will say, as <laughs> if the show has to like build up a bunch of like silly character stuff to like get me to a point where I like, start to care about a given scene just based off the construction of a scene, the idea of a mother who is just fighting to get her children off of a off of an island to avoid death, suddenly being reanimated as a zombie who's now approaching her own child to eat him. That's that's powerful. That's a that's a good like sad, tragic result of a situation that you you know, I you know, ultimately didn't want to have happen, but then it happens anyway. Like I admired that imagery of like the dead mother walking down the dock after her two children. But did it seem too fast? I mean, that was just, like, super fast. Wasn't that? I mean, I, I, when I think of the speed, I always think of Shane emerging right away at the be- end of Season 2 when he gets shot by, by Carl. I mean, there was a commercial break there, though. Like, that was, you know, it could have been an hour or two before he turned. Well, we, don't, right? we, don't know. Well, we don't know how I mean, long it took for the whole let's get to yeah, the boat thing. Right. There was well, ju- there's, you know, cuts. It's not like we saw the run from the house to the boat and all that in, like, one shot. Like, and yeah, he's glossing true. over the real story here. And what's, and what and what they're setting up? They're setting up for if Fear the Walking Dead becomes as successful as they hope, another spinoff that's going to be later, and it's going to be that kid and his little brother, and they're going to be badasses that have like taken over the island and stuff, and <laughs> enslaved the zombie people, and are using them for who I don't know plowing fields to crush it, and I don't know. Seth and Harry's but, Katrina Island uh, spinoff oh, show, that's what it'll be, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, finally bring honor back to the name Katrina. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it did get its, it did get its season three announcement this week, so, uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yep. I was kind of surprised that it was this quickly. I, I was surprised it was this quickly, too, because I'm curious, where are these fans that are shouting on Twitter how amazing the show is? I see a lot of people not shouting that. Right, I see right. people shouting the opposite of that, but, uh, so be it. Maybe they're not listening to the fans. They're listening to the ratings. They're saying, look, this show is drawing people. Despite the problems, maybe, we're just going to keep it maybe going. Maybe AMC and the showrunners are too mesmerized by Chris Hardwick's Rick beard that he's growing, and they're not paying attention to people's complaints about the series. <laughs> he is growing a pretty serious beard. You know, he said he's doing that for his fiance. His fiance insisted yeah. that he grew he grow the beard. Why? It's pretty cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, before we get to our Buster ratings, Richard, can you t- talk a moment about our wonderful sponsor here on the Fear of the Walking Dead TV podcast? I sure can. Thank we you. are brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Um, are you tired of paying extremely high absorbent prices for your comics? Well, this is how you can save a couple of nickels and, you know, buy some action figures, too. You can get 30, 40, sometimes as much as 50% off a cover price. And, you know, anything that's in the previews catalog, you can get through DCB service. So check them out. And also check out their sister site, In Stock Trades. Um, pretty much any trade paperback I buy now comes from there. And it's always, always at least 30, 40% off and um, really good deals. So check them out. And we thank them for sponsoring us and keeping us going. Outstanding. It's great. So let's get to our Toby ratings. Aaron, we'll start with you. Was this established last week that we're doing Toby ratings now? It was established, I think, early last season because we started off with Gloria's, all right? But then as soon as Toby got introduced and then he kind of disappeared, it turned into Toby's. So we're going we're gonna to keep it Toby's from and now I, on. And I, I, of course, continued <laughs> bringing up Toby as much as I could. <laughs> like, well, you, you hashtag wrote it. Hashtag bring back yes. Toby. Right. Didn't you write that? I did. In your, in your, yes. Uh, yeah. I will always say hashtag bring back Toby. Bring back Toby, guys. <laughs> bring him back. He could have got out of that that. That firebombing of L.A. We could, he could have not napalmed. I think so. I mean, I feel, he could have survived. If we, if, He's a survivor. If we announce season three, I just assume season two ends with Toby arriving in the woods of two walkers on a set of ropes and a katana. Like, that's just what I said. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Toby ratings. Uh, 
where was I? Uh, three out of three out of five Tobies, maybe three and a half. I'll say three for now, though. I got to if I think about this a little more. Uh, regardless, uh, I I think this episode does it does fine. Like it's it's a it's a micro story in a show that I think needs to get a move on as far as an overarching plot. But if we're gonna have to continue to strengthen these characters, quote unquote, um, then I guess this is the way they're going about doing it. And if this is what I'm getting, it's good enough. I I like the I like elements of this as far as them trying to approach some kind of philosophical ideas of why this is happening and what's going on next, man. You know, if I keep getting strand continuing to say things that I that resonate with me, then so be it. Personally, I feel like sh- there should be a lot more emphasis on strand telling everybody that the daughter has lured people that are trying to kill them after them. That should be a point that's not, you know, thrown away with a couple lines of dialogue, but we'll see where that goes in the future. Um all that said, yeah, I mean, I this show could be better. I'm not bored by it so far compared to what I believe others seem to be bored by. But it's doing what it can. I'm warming up to some of these characters more than I was previously, including Nick Oldman clothes for sure. And uh, so, yeah, three out of five uh, Tobys. Richard? Well, I kind of see television shows in the same vein as when I used to get new hair metal band records in the 80s. You listen to a song and you're kind of like, I just, I don't know, but then it gets to the hook and you're in it or that's what ruins the song. And I I see Fear the Walking Dead as far as there's been a lot of really interesting, you know, tunage going on, some really good stuff going on, but at the same time, you have not hit that hook. And I'm afraid now for when you hit that hook, is it going to be satisfying? I think that whatever they're building up with Strand is going to be what leads to that hook and hopefully brings the show into, you know, a more favorable light in my mind. But, you know, right now I still feel like it's just not finding its way. But with that said, this episode was a pretty decently put together uh, episode of television, well edited, you know, the direction was good. And there, there was at least like, you know, like Aaron said, the, the micro plot, the, the, you know, little contained plot going on that kind of helped you know, if if our characters didn't already realize how effed up of a world they were in, they now really know how effed up of a world they're in. So I, I, I give it three and a half out of five Tobies. I'm going to say three out of five as well. I'm, I'm having trouble warming up to these characters now to a point where the, the writers are not doing the actors justice. I think Kim Dickens can do a, is capable of so much more than they're giving her to work with. Same thing with Cliff Curtis. They're just not writing them in a way that, that's appealing to me. They're just kind of annoying and deliberately slowing their skill development. Like, I think that this show is desperately in need of a time jump, if anything is. Like, we saw L.A. crash, although not the way we wanted it to. Let's skip ahead now and let's see them. Maybe their skills increase a bit and they're actually almost to the level of where the other cast was at a certain point. I mean, I think that's where we need to go eventually because I'm not really digging this slow, slow, slow burn and this slow character development. It's like, I get it already. I understand these people. I know where they come from, but I'm just not, it's not settling well with me. Um, Technically, like we said, the episode was very well done. I'm really in awe of the special effects that they're doing with with the whole water and the boat. It looks flawless. It's really, really, really good. And, um, and the editing was tight too. So, if the technical stuff wasn't there, it would probably be more like a 2 or 2.5, but I'll give it a 3. But who cares what we think? We have a great Facebook group, The Walking Dead TV Podcast. Search for it. Hit join. We'll add you to the group. We have a total now of 780 members in our group. Uh, growing like by leaps and bounds. It's a very active group, very lively. And every week we ask for... On Fear the Walking Dead, we ask for your Toby ratings, and on The Walking Dead, we ask for your original Buster ratings. So on this week, we had several replies. So uh, let's start off with this. Jeff Rhodes, 0.0 Tobies. <laughs> Not watching it. I might watch it during the week if it gets favorable reviews. I might listen to the podcast first to see if it's interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess that <laughs> he can't review it because he refused it's to watch nice, it. That's technically an NA. That's not quite a zero. He hasn't. He hasn't. It's, it's he hasn't watched to right? actually weigh an opinion on this show. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff I, I you've abstained. You've abstained. Yeah. 
I thought he was just doing, you know, one of those shock text emojis, you know, like, whoa, you know, two big <laughs> eyes, whoa, and then not watching it. And I'm like, whoa, so it wasn't whoa, it was just zero. Just zero, right, it wasn't whoa, yeah. Oh, you, oh, you think like, like googly, googly eyes or something, is that what you thought? Yeah, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's 0. 0.0, that's what he wrote, yeah. Yeah, it looks like, you know, like a little rabbit face with a little pointy nose. <laughs> Aaron? Uh, yeah, next up we have... Uh... Uh, Derea Irvin. I had no opinion of last week's episode. It was eh, but this week's episode gets a 3 out of 5 Tobies. I like the creepy Doomsday family, and I'm curious to see what Strand is really up to. The subpar acting is still hard to get past this week, but this week was better for me. Alright, then we got Harold Turk. 3.5 out of 5 Jim Jones because it kept my attention. I wasn't sure what was happening with the Adams family, so they handled it pretty well. <laughs> okay. Brent Jones had to say, two slightly less boring out of five. The story is just moving so slowly. I'm very intrigued by Strand and Daniel, though. Uh, Mike Jones writes, one Park Rangers out of five. I'm definitely on a week-to-week whatever. Whether I keep watching the family on the island was more interesting than the regular cast. Uh, Tammy Heisley, three and a half zombie blue eyes. I actually enjoyed this week's episode. I felt the vibe of the island was creepy, and that really interested me. Plus, I really want to know who Strand is talking to. Looking forward to the podcast. Max Sofer, 3.5 Jonestowns out of 5. That was better. Not great, but certainly better. Strand's story remains the best part of the show. Darren Appel writes, four, where's Carl's out of five? A nice buildup of tension leading from the kids on the beach facing wet and wild walkers onwards. Okay, Richard Charrington. Wait, isn't he Richard Chopping Yeah, Charrington? it's Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. He, he took the Chopper Cherry out, but he's still Chopper Cherry. No, I like saying that name. You, can, anyway, you okay. have to say it that way. He, yeah, he says, from what I'm hearing, it's not improved, so I'm in no rush to watch it. Sitting in a cold stadium and watching my team Stoke City in the Premier League instead is a better option. So he's watching okay. football instead of uh, instead of watching Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. I guess it would be more exciting. Adam Fatah, I'll give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. I enjoy the interaction between Strand and Daniel. Who is Strand talking to on the satellite or cell phone? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, yes, we will. Rob Cook writes, 3.75 Apprentice Zombie Slayer Chris is out of 5. A much better episode than last week. A slow start gave way to a pretty brutal downbeat ending. We haven't seen many infant zombies, so well done for your team for that one. Who do we think Strand is talking to? I bet it's a telemarketer. I bet he's talking to somebody in a hatch. <laughs> well, there was some speculation that he's like a drug runner or something. Like right there, Darren Appel says it at the bottom, uh, which is actually interesting. So maybe he that's why he gained his fortune by running drugs, and that's how he can spot that Nicholas is a druggie because he, he's around druggies There's that. I mean, they, didn't Daniel pull out like a submachine gun at some point from his boat also? like. Yes, yeah, so, I yeah, mean, he was, he's, exactly. he's equipped to handle certain things. He has a giant yacht that he can take out to sea and help run drugs, I guess, if so be it. Yeah, so there's definitely some clues leading up to that, but we'll, we'll see exactly what it is, hopefully in the next episode, but probably not, knowing The Walking Dead. Well, he, I but, mean, he, he could be working for Gustavo Fring, depending on what year this is. Did you watch Talking Saul, by the way? Did you see that? No. Where I just watched you, it. Talking Saul, I'm talking about, right? Where they, they announced right. Fring's back. Did you see that? Okay. I mean, I, I pieced that yep. together just by watching the show proper. and you know. Did you really? Yeah. Because well, they did an anagram with all the – you actually got the anagram? Well, like, I got the, I got they, the anagram because I looked at Wikipedia. I was like, huh, I, oh, I, I'm okay, starting okay. to get this. But I pieced it together just based off – I know you, – you've watched Breaking Bad. There's only so many people that can talk to Mike that he would be involved with. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. Yeah, that was good. Well, episode, the other though. thing too is is I thought maybe this whole thing with the truck and all that was precursor to Fring taking over the transportation. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, the Poyos Hermanos. I see. So it switches yeah. from the ice cream to the Poyos Hermanos. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Pretty cool. Well, if they wrote Fring's back in the in the anagram in the titles of those episodes, I guess we can assume that Fring's back. And and Gilligan was like, "We're so surprised that the fran- the fans figured it out." We're like, "Well." We're smart, right? I mean, it's what people do. But anyway, we're talking The Walking Dead, not Better Call Saul, which is a great show, by the way, anyway, in and of itself. Fantastic season. It really was Fantastic. a good one. Yeah. Um, hang on That's how you do a good spinoff. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point, yeah. So, we saw a little preview for next week's episode. We find out the title is called Ouroboros, at least according to Wikipedia. 
And Aaron, you'd be pleased to see that we see a character from our Flight 462 appear in the preview of next week's Fear of the Walking Dead. This is probably a good time for me to announce my spinoff podcast from the WDTV podcast called The Walking Dead Inserted a Character from Their Web Series into Fear of the Walking Dead podcast podcast. <laughs> but but you, you made a comment to me. We, we, we were texting back and forth, yeah. and, and you made a comment that they, they spoiled their yeah. own – uh, surprise it, it, like come it, on. it's like we so we you know been wait we've been waiting with just fervent anticipation all along <laughs> to see who would be the who have we, yes have we, we oh, really? i've been just salivating Ooh. with like and like yes. just, just spits constantly running out of my face and nostrils <laughs> and other orifices <laughs> as i've been pining the anticipation <laughs> of the answer of who which cast member is going to join the team after the insanely watchable and incredibly rewatchable Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462 web series 30 seconds at a time and you know you'd think maybe they'd have some restraint in actually revealing who that person is for the episode but nope there it was right in the teaser trailer of who we actually see joining the cast of Fear the Walking Dead and the funny part is these teaser trailers as you say that come with the close of each episode usually show us nothing they show just random faces and little scenes but they give away nothing on the walking dead typically this one shows you actually a lot it shows you exactly who survived the plane crash and you even see the plane yeah. down and people like walkers well, strapped they, to the seats they, and stuff they may I mean, as well have showed you like who strand was talking to else it's like by the way strand was talking to this person the next week okay <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly right you know i mean yeah, we ended up getting the vague thing in the the exclusive scene from next week on Talking Dead. It was like, I mean, it was cool. They're coming over the hilltop. Right, Daniel sees the Asian lady coming over the hilltop, yeah. and or you know, whatever it is. Oh, no, the, the yeah, walkers coming just, over the hilltop. That's what it was. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. 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 That was exciting. <laughs> but they give us all that other stuff in the regular coming next week thing it's like okay. it's like they disorganized right. they really should have not shown that character they just they didn't know what they're doing they probably just the same team cuts together these little snippets these teaser trailers they probably didn't get the instruction okay don't show this lady or don't show this plane but eh, you know i guess they did so we'll see what happens all right so where can our listeners listen to us besides on the Walking Dead TV podcast. Aaron, where, where can our listeners find you? You can find me talking weekly with my friend Abe over on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where we talk about new movies weekly. Uh, we This week, well, this week's episode will be The Jungle Book, which was uh, a lot of fun to talk about. And uh, yeah, we got things coming up. Obviously, there's some Marvel movie happening. Um, I don't know what it is called. I forget. But uh, yeah, you know, we got big episodes coming up. And it's just a lot of fun with us talking on the the webs about the movies, the movie talks, yeah. the movie talks. I I finally caught up to the Batman versus Superman, uh, you know, uh, Aaron and Abe podcast. Guys, you have to listen to it. It's really, really good. Whether you like the movie or hate the movie, it's definitely worth listening to. Very entertaining. Yeah, very happy to be supplying entertainment in that fashion where I emotionally break down over a movie. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you actually hear it happening on the air, folks. It's 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 one not to yeah. miss. Uh, but regardless, yes, out now for Aaron and Abe, we're happy to do that show every week and lots of bonus episodes too and you can also find me on twitter at aaron's ps4 all my movie reviews and all the other stuff that i write about goes up on on there so I, were you writing about anything like uh, episodic now you're doing the I, americans but is that over now uh, right no, the or, americans um, is halfway through its season i yeah i, I do cover the what well, I'm, I'm not covering fear of the walking dead for the young folks even right. though i did cover the walking dead for the young folks but i do cover the americans and that show is terrific and i keep looking for another show to like want to write episodic about maybe preacher i might do preacher Preacher's looking yeah. good. Richard? Uh, well, you can usually find me on the DC TV podcast, uh, where we talk about all the DC shows. Our latest episode went up uh, this morning, talking about all the shows from last week. Um, I'm occasionally on the Walking Dead TV podcast. We <laughs> love having you here. Back, come trying to be available more. Um and uh, occasionally on other podcasts that appear on HHWLOD or on the Taylor Network. Um, so, that's great. and you can tweet me at chubtoad01, and uh, there you go. That's great. And you can listen to me. Uh, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show. It's autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. And uh, we just did a review, uh, excuse me, an SUV shootout. So if you're into car reviews or just having a good time, which me and my co-host Teddy definitely do, we just did a head-to-head review of the Honda Pilot versus the Toyota Highlander. So very exciting uh, 2016 SUV shootout. And actually, on the next episode, which we're recording this Thursday, we have a special guest, 
the red light Robin Hood has decided to join us, the one that's been cutting all the red light cameras in New York. Uh, so he, uh, Stephen Ruth, he will be joining us on the show. It is one not to miss. This guy is really uh, something else. So I'll be glad to get him on the show and do a, a live interview. Um, also, we're doing a special Star Trek series of podcasts as well. If you haven't heard them, please check them out. It's on the HHWLOD.com or on the master feed, the HHWLOD master feed. Uh, Richard, uh, several other hosts joined us for a great Star Trek, the original series retrospective. And we're going to be doing another one of all the Star Trek movies, at least Star Trek, uh, the motion picture up to six. We're going to stop there and then jump to the next generation after that. We're going to do a series of podcasts leading up to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. So if you're into Star Trek, please check us out there. It was a great retrospective. I had a lot of fun talking Trek with you guys. So I, I, yeah, I, I am not. I am not a Star Trek fan, so I have nothing to say. I didn't think so. I didn't. I, I mean, I was. I, I don't think you were into Star Trek. I didn't I, think you watched the show that much, right? I, you really into I, it. I've talked about this on other shows, um, but uh, yeah, Star Trek. Uh, it's not that I'm against it. It just does nothing for me, so I have nothing to. I don't. I haven't watched it. I don't. I've watched those movies. Um, that's it. <laughs> those okay. new ones and well. Wrath of Khan, and yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah. It's not, it's, not, it's not my thing. So uh-huh. the new ones in Wrath of Khan. Well, it's pretty much you caught the you caught the good ones there. So that's, that's pretty I'm, good. I'm yeah. fine with it. I, you know, I'll see this new one that's coming out, and you know, it'll be fine probably. It'll be beyond. That's right. So until there's no more room in hell, and the dead walk the earth, remember, power pills aren't always such a good thing. Take care, folks. I don't know. She just likes him with a beard, I guess. That's, that and is, that's what he's because doing. Because beards are are, be, there's nothing more awesome than beards. You would you got to grow a beard, man. <laughs> it, it's not it's not a right. It's a responsibility. We're actually you know they're symbiotes. You know we they they depend on us to live. We have to keep them groomed and everything else. But in return, you know, you get a beard. Yeah. Well. It's always it's always good to have this one. This concludes our beard talk podcast. Let's move back on to the Fear of the Walking yep. Dead. <laughs>